0: To day 96 of Shaped by the Word, season 2, the drama of Scripture. We've been reading through Deuteronomy this week, and of course we're finding a deep New Testament foundation in Deuteronomy, where you hear the echoes of Jesus, and you hear the echoes you know, of the Apostle Paul as they uh, draw from the riches of this you know, book in order to bring home uh, the blessings of the New Covenant, and the way that we should live, and the way that we should honor God, and that's fitting uh, because Uh, Moses is addressing a new generation about to enter you know God's promise he's telling what it means to receive the promise what it means to walk before God in the fullness of the promise and of course all of these things have incredible implications for how we receive an even greater possession and even greater promise uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ and what it means for us to walk with him. So we kind of finished on a, a hard note yesterday as we talked about and anticipated Israel's unfaithfulness and God's judgment. Uh, we saw the individual who thinks that he can live his life as he pleases and God will never notice and God will never care. But in the same way Paul challenges us in the New Testament not to be deceived, uh, we cannot mock God by living any way that we want to in the Old Testament. You can't be one guy sitting over here in one tent, and far out of the notice of God. Uh, God does notice, and God will call into account. So we come to chapter 30, and it's far more hopeful. It's, it's the revival of coming back to God after we have in our stubbornness wandered away. And it's, of course, an invitation to Israel, even after they face judgment, to appeal to the heart and the mercy of God and know that He will hear and answer them. I am by the way, Paul Camp here with uh, David Keefe and his friends, Katie and Matt Kresge. And uh, David, why don't you lift us up with a word of prayer before we start? Yeah, let's pray.
1: And Father, how can we not be completely overwhelmed by the good news that you do welcome us back? Um, we thank you so much for your loving heart, your compassion, your, your long-suffering. Um, but we do know... Um, that we all have been given the offer, the invitation of life and death. And so thank you so much for that gracious invitation. Um, Thank you so much that um, you um, can give us new hearts with new desires and new minds and new thoughts uh, and new loves. And so we do ask that you would help us to love you more, um, shape us by your word to be your people. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Deuteronomy 30, when all these blessings and curses I have set before you come on you and you take them to heart wherever the Lord your God disperses you among the nations. And when you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and with all your soul according to everything I command you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you." even if you've been banished to the most distant land under the heavens. From there, the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. He will bring you to the land that belonged to your ancestors, and you will take possession of it. He will make you more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. Lord your God will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants so that you may love him with all your heart and with all your soul and live. Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies who hate and persecute you. You will again obey the Lord and follow his commands I am giving you today. Then the Lord your God will make you the most prosperous in all the works of your hands and in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crops of your land. The Lord again will delight in you and make you prosperous just as he delighted in your ancestors. If you obey the Lord your God and keep his commands and decrees that are written in this book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven, so that you have to ask who will ascend to the heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea, so that you may have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your hearts so that you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction for I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to keep His commands and decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering possess. But if your heart turns away from you, and if you're not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and to worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heavens and earth as witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Lord is revealed himself as a gracious and compassionate uh, Lord and uh, of course the promise of grace and compassion is not that we can avoid the consequences you know of our our sin but that even in our sin that we can turn to him and always be received by him and it reminds us of Jesus story of the prodigal who returns mm-hmm. and is lavished with grace you know from his father in spite of it it's interesting that he starts you know the, this you know chapter uh, with when this happens, mm-hmm. and of course it it will happen, and that'll be part of the drama that we enter into you know through the course of this year as we see, unfortunately, Israel possess the land, live very carelessly in the land, and lose the land, and, and go into exile uh, before being brought back into his his presence. Mm-hmm.
2: One of the interesting interesting things is you know we read this and and just in light of the story of scripture is you know how often does Israel find themselves in exile but they were had such incredible hope in the midst of exile and it's because how many times did they have promises like these where God says, you know when you turn to me you know then then I will restore you or I will I will you know forgive and and act on your behalf uh, and just how many how many times do we see um, this uh, kind of playing out where God says, you know, you're generations from now they'll be unfaithful, and and I will, um, you know, what does He say? Even, even if you have been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. You know, and just the the anticipation of God coming and gathering His people, and and even in Jesus, you know, we see these expectations of, is it now that you've come to restore the kingdom to Israel? Is is this is this happening? And
0: yeah, well, one of the most significant things we see is on the day of Pentecost, when uh, you know, Luke will insert that little phrase uh, from every nation under the heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In other words, Israel had gathered, you know, for the festival uh, of Pentecost. They had come back from all the lands that you know that had become their homes, and that they had been, disp- you know, dispossessed to. And they were present for the gathering of God's people and the pouring out of His Spirit, which is the first fruits. Of the completion, you know, of this promise, which is is, is kind of cool as well.
3: Mm-hmm. A part of me kind of wonders that if um,
0: which part would that be?
3: <clears throat> I, I don't even know. Yeah. Maybe you can name it. <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> but um, if when the exiles were finally able to come back and in Nehemiah's time and rebuild the temple, if they were expecting that to kind of be the moment, um, and it turned out not to be. But then we see Pentecost and that moment, and when when the Spirit comes, yeah. and um, and that's just I don't know. I feel like those moments. Um, I, I don't know. That's why I said part yeah, of it. Yeah, no. we we're,
0: we're getting you know uh, when we come to the end of the New Testament story, they have physically the people have physically returned from exile, but they're spiritually still in exile, right. and so Pentecost is is, you know, the beginning of the expectation of the fulfillment of this promise, of the gathering of the nations, the pouring out of the Spirit. And, and of course, in you know, verse 6 here is very important. The Lord, mm-hmm. uh, your God, will circumcise our hearts. Mm-hmm. In other words, a deep work in the heart through the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that work could not take place until our sins had been completely atoned for, and there is no atonement uh, that could effectively you know cover the gravity of our sin, mm-hmm. other than the the cross of the mm-hmm. Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the earth. So with the atonement complete and uh, righteousness gifted to us, mm-hmm. we're able to receive the gift of newness in Christ through the Holy Spirit, which again, you know, Paul said that this is a fruits. In other words, mm-hmm. everything changed, you uh, know, with the cross, the resurrection, and the pouring out of the Spirit. That That is a, a moment in which... Uh, the fortune of god's people have changed all of us who are in christ are, are new made new mm. the new creation you know has begun you know in, in, in us and, and of course it will be consummated when we when we see him in know, face to face mm. so it is it is this is the moment when they begin to return from exile
1: mm. i guess it's in light of that that hope right that one day our hearts will be circumcised they will be changed we'll be given those new hearts with new desires that verse i guess 11 actually begins to make sense that now what i'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you to or, or beyond your reach it's in light of that change that only god can do in our hearts that that could be true because mm-hmm. without that change it does feel so out of reach and so difficult to live up to what god's called us to be as his people yeah. but knowing that he's doing that work inside us that actually allows us to live as his people no this is
0: and of course this is another phrase that paul uses and uh he uses it exactly in that context you know this is this is not uh, beyond you well it's kind of interesting and and, and even you know even the law was you know reasonable on the part of god you know the, the laws are your good laws or decent laws, Some they're a little weird to us when you get out of there. But the heart of the law, the heart of the, you know, the Ten Commandments, you know, very, very reasonable, and they're very accessible. It's not some great Gnostic mystery that you have to have. You know some deep sense of enlightenment and you know guru or you know kind of mm-hmm. uh teachers you know to mm-hmm. lead you into being spiritually right or spiritually this is a very simple obedience you know, and walk into god and it's not something you have to swim the ocean in order mm-hmm. you know god has freely revealed his heart and character to us and, and of course in the giving of the spirit he has not only revealed his heart and character to us but he has uh, given us the ability to be the people that He has He has called us you know, He has called us to be, and, and that is a circumcised heart.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I love in verse nine, kind of end of it, it says, "The Lord again will again delight in you and make you prosperous, just as He delighted in your ancestors." And you know, the imagery of the Lord actually delighting in His people, yeah. You know, there's kind of all those character caricatures that we have of God. Uh, maybe we have him, you know, He's an angry judge, or maybe He's just a, a, a loving father, but. To to view God as one who actually delights in His people, I think at times it can be hard for us to believe, you know, because we may believe, believe that He loves us, but He loves us as a Father who disciplines. Yeah. When those images are all true, but to see God as a God who delights yeah. is another thing. Is it
0: in Zechariah, Katie, where He says, "I will mm-hmm. delight over you with singing"? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is Zechariah
3: three, Zephaniah, yeah. three Zephaniah. seven, Zechariah three
0: seven. which is you know the that is you know that that takes it beyond just kind of a formal sense of uh, of delight into a very uh jubilant rejoicing over you mm-hmm. know, just like you would hold a, a small child and sing to them or and it's, it's it's a very very uh endearing picture you know that god is uh singing over us in his delight
3: mm-hmm. and then just that last passage of this chapter um, is powerful to me. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land. He swore to give your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Choose life, because when you choose life, you're choosing the Lord. And really, when you're choosing the Lord, you're choosing life. You are you are given everything.
0: Um, yeah, one of the most you know, profound sayings in John is... Uh, You know, the Father has life within Himself, and He has chosen to give the Son life in Himself. And and what a profound statement. You know, that that life is not something we achieve by keeping these laws and these commands. Life is a gift that is given to us by the Lord in whom life is found. Mm -hmm. And, And of course, you have the whole sense again in John of you know, the thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have this gift of life uh, the word it uses is "over the top," uh, you know, an abundance or an overflowing sense of life, and the only place it can be found is in grace through Him. And uh, we we look for it in a lot of other places. The old uh, country and western song, "Looking for Love," and uh, never mind that uh, we we should never quote an old country and western song on a on a podcast that's fully dedicated to the Lord. Uh, but it is the idea that we do look for meaning, purpose, and um, identity in things that are, are, like you know, the silly idols that we talked about yesterday, mm-hmm. and they cannot, will not give life; they only lead to destruction. But He gives the richness of fullness and joy, mm-hmm. and with that, we come to and the end of the week in Deuteronomy. It's been a fun week Mm -hmm. all the way through. Father, thank you uh, for your word. Thank you for the impassioned plea of Moses to a new generation to receive your promises, to treasure your promises, and more than treasuring the gifts that you give, to treasure you. May we love you with all of our heart and serve you diligently. May we find our life in you. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen.